Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective every Tuesday, every Thursday. My name is Joe. Well, first Thor- of all, it's on Mondays. Mondays and Thursdays. Continue. What did I say? It doesn't matter what you said. You, you I was right. Of, I said it right. You said Tuesdays. Play I back. didn't. I didn't say You did. I know they all fine. Yep, yep. All right. Uh, Who are you again? So whenever we do it, my name is Joe Thorne. I'm mm. the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. Executive pastors are super uptight about like facts and details. It's super annoying. Oh, I know. Oh, gosh. <laughs> do it right. <laughs> well, <laughs> like you had cares? the wrong day. Who of, cares? Of, of our podcast. Matter. Of our yeah. podcast, you had it wrong. I don't listen to it. Neither do I. Uh, neither, do I, neither, neither do, do our wives. Neither, yeah. <laughs> I think like only a couple people in our church do. There's a yeah. There's a small percentage of people that everybody that listen. Probably because they get enough of us already. They're like, yeah. oh, yeah. enough. Yeah, Jen and all the ladies were talking about it uh, because she didn't know that I had referenced her tattoo. Which that you had brought would that it up. Be? The one that we talked about when I said crackalack. Ah, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. The, so, the, the stamp. Yeah, this was well, no longer a stamp. It's, no it's longer a giant. Stamp. The stamp it's a giant. Was covered. Back, yeah, that's right. Giant back tattoo mm-hmm. now. And uh, she looked at me and she goes, crackalack? And I'm like, oh, you listen. She said, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I heard from Jennifer Mon, who does listen. And uh, so Jennifer and Krista listen. Yeah, that's about you know, it. At least semi-regular. And then uh, there are a few other people in the Brian church Brian does. Pastor Brian does from time to time. I think that's more to check in on us. Yeah, I think it's to make sure that we shouldn't be fired. Uh, maybe. It might be that. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. I'm not quite sure. Brian's got a short list of replacements for us, uh, you know. Well, it's right. got, they got to be short. short. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we, like had a good, we had a good elders <laughs> meeting tonight. Really good, really good. Now we're back at La Vida. Yeah. Uh, so Pastor Brian, that's listening. We're back we're, at, we're we're smoking at, we're smoking at La Vida. We're smoking at La Vida. Yeah, because we're not, we're not supposed to smoke at the church. That's right. Right. And, and, you know, we have bourbon here. Yeah, we have bourbon here. Well, mm. there's bourbon everywhere. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> we have bourbon here. Uh, but bourbon we are in there. stores, yeah. You know, you know, it's like it's nice here because... You know, you, you don't have to like have bring in air filtration systems and stuff like that. You know, so it, you works, know, out. I mean, it works out pretty you good. You don't have to bring in other things. You know, you just never know. Let's so, go, James. Hey, how's it going, James? James is well. James looks like George Carlin, and he's just as smart as George Carlin. Not as funny as George Carlin, but he's a yeah. You're you're a smart guy. George Carlin was one of the greatest comedians, great thinker. Way ahead of his time, actually. A lot of the stuff that he was saying, like. A lot of people weren't saying back then, and now a lot of people are saying that stuff. Yeah, but he's more, way more conservative than... Uh, on some issues, yeah. Yeah. Well, he, he was like the middle of the road, which is what I talked to somebody this weekend, mm. very liberal. Yeah. And he was able to talk to me for many hours. Right. Mm. Yeah. I said, there's got to be a happy meeting. There's got to be. Right. But when you talk to certain people, it's just like, this is it, this is it. Yeah, we know rather it. Than, rather than the combination. Well, we, you are going to be a part of our podcast. We'll be sure and uh, put a picture up of George Carlin so they all know what you look like. There we go. <laughs> so, uh, Joe, we're at the we're at Levita. Right. We got our cigars. We uh, have our bourbon. What are we going to be talking about today? We're going to talk about the 1689 Second London Confession. Yep. We're in Chapter Three, and today we're going to be looking at paragraphs. What is it? Four, five, and six. Four, five, and six. And yeah, so, yeah. do you want to go ahead and read? Uh, let's start with four and five. Do you want all me right. to read them, or are you going to read them? I'll, I'll read them this time. I'll just I'll read four and five, and then you can read six. And right, you guys remember, you guys have been following along every Monday that we are in this chapter three, which is all about the decree of God, uh, which is God's sovereign determination to bring about all things uh, throughout the history of redemption. So in paragraph four, it says this, these angels and men thus predestined and foreordained are particularly and unchangeably designed and their numbers so certain and definite that it can not be either increased or diminished. And then in paragraph five, it says, 
Those of mankind that are predestinated to life, God, before the foundation of the world was laid, according to his eternal and immutable purpose, and the secret counsel and good pleasure of his will, hath chosen in Christ unto everlasting glory, out of his mere free grace and love, without any other thing in the creature as a condition or causing moving him thereunto. Or cause mm. moving him thereunto. Mm, bada so, bam. This is, I mean, this is saying what we've been talking about. Exactly. It, we are the frozen chosen. Yes. <laughs> we, we are chosen, and that number is frozen. Exactly. And some of our hearts are sort of cold, too. Well, there are, you know, for some. I mean, come on now. Mostly. Mainly Reform Pub. Yeah, Jared, and Jared Wilson. Jared Wilson. That, that would be it. Super yeah. cold. Like, you read his books. No passion at all. Oh my goodness! No, that I, I'm not with Joe on no, that. No, of course not, Jared. You, if anybody isn't reading Jared Wilson's books, um, you're missing out, man. Jared Wilson has a way of showing the experiential nature of communion with God, uh, mm-hmm. the richness of the gospel. So you definitely want to check that out. So, Joe, like, let's place this in the larger, you know, conversation that we've been having for for chapter three. We've been talking about God's decree. Right. We talk about the sovereignty of God, uh, the council in and of himself, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that he himself makes the decision right. in eternity past, before all creation, before uh, any of us. And, and we've even talked about last week, it doesn't matter uh, as he looks, you know, and he knows what the future is. He's, he's not, not informed by he's our not informed. future decisions. Exactly. So it's not do. he's saying, look, you know, Joey's going to do this, so now I will do that. I'm going to accept him now because he prayed some prayer. And in paragraph four, yeah. the point that's being made is that this number of the elect is fixed. That's it. Right? Because God is eternal. His choice is immutable, just like he is immutable. Mm-hmm. He doesn't change. His decisions don't change. So that number being fixed, it neither increases uh, nor decreases. The number of the elect is fixed. Now, some people push back against this. They hate this idea. They oh, yeah. feel like it's limiting, that it's unfair, that God would only choose some and that he wouldn't choose others for mercy and grace. Um but as as we think about this as Reformed Baptists, we find comfort in this, don't we? We oh, yeah. find like we find this to be an encouraging reality. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to use a cliche, it's that that sense of once saved, always saved, right? That if God has chosen you, if you are uh, one of the elect, then it doesn't matter how messed up. Like you know what I mean? Like because we all screw up, we all mess up, we right. all slide, um, we all we all sin, we all struggle, and so because of that, you know, it, it, that doesn't then we don't lose our salvation in that. Right. Like, that actually gets to paragraph seven, which we're oh man, talk my about bad. This episode, my bad. Assurance, but no, you're fine. Okay, uh, and so I mean, even even as I think of something like this, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, Jehovah Witness, right? Is what, what's the number that they have? One hundred forty-four thousand. One hundred forty-four thousand. I always thought how messed up. That's the Hunger Games of religion. Well, except for Jehovah's Witnesses, there's no hell, so everybody wins. No, 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 only 144,000, no, right? There's no I don't hell. know how it goes. Then why no why do you have 144? There's like three levels of of like heaven. There's no hell. So okay, but why did they say 144? Because they go to the highest. Okay, so it's still Hunger Games. It's still Hunger Games. But there's no death. Hunger Games is all about death. No, people die. Hunger Games is about winning the prize. The prize is to be 144,000. That's how she does it. Joe had his little fingers up. Good job, buddy. I'm really proud of you. But I'm talking about like, it's that... Okay, fine. Let's okay, just say no, something. Okay, no, you're wrong. But bad analogy. Okay, bad analogy. Bad analogy, but bad the analogy. same sense, though, in the, in the in, idea that- In a totally that, different sense, but in, a totally, in the same sense. <laughs> in the same sense. The, you're, you're fighting your way to knock someone else out. Yes. Yes. I'm going to get that spot. But you're okay. right. There's no There's no, there, there's no death. So- That's it. I think, you know, what, what encourages me in this is uh, if God hadn't chosen a, a number of people 
to be saved, then no one would be saved because no one will choose God. No one is naturally interested in the things of God yeah, until God total depravity. chooses people and then regenerates them uh, in light of Christ's atoning work for them, then no one is saved. And the fact that there is a definite number, it means it cannot increase or de- decrease. Yeah. If it can increase, then it can decrease. That number can go down. Mm. And goodness sakes, if, if, if I'm thinking like, wow, the, the number of, of those who are going to be saved really does hinge on my ability to persuade. Oh, I wouldn't, And I can be pretty persuasive. No, you can't. I can be pretty persuasive. You're not pretty I can persuasive. be pretty, no, you're pers- not. not perfectly persuasive. No, pretty persuasive. you're not even pretty. You don't know. No. I can be pretty persuasive. You're ugly not- persuasive. What does that even mean? The, oh, you, pretty ugly. Okay. Yeah, I guess. All right, all right. Very funny. You're <laughs> yep. no George Carlin. All right. So I would say that that gives me great confidence because I know that those whom God has chosen will be saved. They yeah. will believe. And it gives us confidence to go out into the world and tell everybody that we can about the gospel with the anticipation that those, who's, those whom God has chosen will believe. So, for example, in Acts chapter 13, right, we have this, um, we have this account where Paul is out there oh, you know, preaching it's Paul and Barnabas. He's out there preaching the gospel. And in this case, he is preaching to, um, to a large group of people. And uh, listen, listen to what it says here. i got to find it right here. Hang on. Acts 13 is a really good one, it's so I'm surprised. Acts yeah. 13. i got to scroll down. Yep. I, find, you know, we, we, I wish this ESV Bible app riffy. was, uh, was right. a little bit faster. So, uh, he is he is he's preaching the gospel, right? Yep. And so there are uh, the, these Jews out there, and they're seeing what's going on, and they're reviling Paul. They don't like his message. Paul and Barnabas they're speaking the gospel boldly, and um, and so as they're preaching, the Gentiles are hearing this. And now listen to what it says in verse forty-eight. And when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord. And as many as were appointed to eternal life believed. Mm. Right. So no, no. Are you sure it doesn't say as many as Paul convinced? It doesn't say that, and oh. it doesn't say as many as believed were appointed to eternal life. Oh. It says as many as were appointed to eternal life. This happened in eternity past. They were the ones who, in this Words present mean context, actually believed. So Paul could go wherever he was sent by God and yeah. preach the gospel with the assurance that his message it will never be useless. It will be used by God to bring the elect. To Christ, and oh, yeah. we we see it here now. You know, sometimes you're going to preach, and a group of people are going to reject, or maybe like some of our famous missionaries, right? Like Adoniram Judson, I think, and uh, William Carey. They might labor for years without seeing a convert, mm-hmm. but eventually, uh, God will bring those that He has chosen to faith in Christ. So it's actually an encouragement that yeah. when when we say. Uh, there is a number in every city, in every tribe, in every tongue, in every yeah, nation, yeah. every race, every people group. There are people that God has set apart for himself through the blood of Christ um, to hear the gospel and to respond to it. So for me, as an evangelist, as a pastor, like it gives me confidence knowing all I have to do is what God calls me to do. That's and right. he does the real work. And I think this is even... Uh uh, we talk about the, in our strong, the Calvinist straw man arguments, right? The idea that uh, because we're reformed, because God elects, uh, reformers or those in the reformed tradition do not evangelize. Now, there right. might be some small group that, that you know, like in every tribe, Joe, there's... there's uh, Most Christians don't evangelize. Exactly. Across so the not, board. So it's not just reformed, but we should, because we know this is the means by which God right. calls the elect. I mean, thinking of, of Romans 10. Right? Well, like, why don't you go ahead and read, uh, what is it, paragraph 6, because that's right. where it really gets into the means, and then go to Romans 10. All right, I'll do that. As God hath appointed the elect unto glory, so he hath, by the eternal and most free purpose of his will, foreordained all the means thereunto. All oh, the means. All the means. Wherefore, they who are elected, being fallen, 
fallen in Adam are redeemed by Christ, are effectually called unto faith in Christ, by his spirit working in due season, are justified, adopted, sanctified, and kept by his power through faith unto salvation. That's a bada-bam moment right there. That is, that's good. Neither are any other redeemed by Christ or effectually called, justified, adopted, sanctified, and saved, but the elect only. So this, I mean, this really is addressing this issue of God has not only predestined the end, but yep. the means to yep. that end. He has worked all of it out, and we have this privilege, this this honor of being used by God in that means. Now, you were mentioning Romans 10. Yeah, I'm thinking Romans 10, starting at uh, verse 14. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Mm. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. This, I mean... Calvinists have a robust history, and and in my estimation, when you're looking at church history, uh, Calvinists have the spotlight of evangelists, right? Like we have, yeah. uh, we have amazing evangelists in the Reformed tradition. You just you can think of John Calvin, for example, sending out missionaries after missionaries, planting Plant churches, church after starting church after institutions. Church. Um, you know, we've got the whole Puritan tradition, which yeah. was keenly dialed in on evangelism and speaking the gospel to individuals to see them converted, grow, and be sanctified. That's right. Um, we've got guys like you know John Bunyan. We've got uh, John, uh, after him, you know, after the Puritan movement, we've got Jonathan Edwards and George Whitfield. Yeah. We've got Adoniram Judson and William Carey. We've got uh, Charles Spurgeon. Um, it, it just goes on and on and on. And so while there are definitely hyper-Calvinists and people whose theology yeah. is, on, is, is tweaked and isn't, isn't robust and healthy, uh, the history shows us that uh, Calvinism is a fuel for evangelism when we understand that uh, the means as well as the end are appointed by God. Mm-hmm. And so, Joe, we focused here about uh, people preaching the Word of God, right? right? And so, I mean, that's done in, in, in which context are we talking then? Like, I mean, I guess when we, I know we talked a bit about evangelism, but uh, I guess what are some ways of, of evangelism? I know we, we invite to, to Sunday morning gatherings, we invite to Bible studies right. or community groups. I mean, even just sharing the gospel in one-on-one conversations with a neighbor. I mean, what are some what are some of the other ways that you it's think interesting, of when we like, talk about these means? I was at a huge event one time. Um, it wasn't a great event. Um, what, what, what was this it, huge it, event? It doesn't matter what it is. Okay, was, it, was it a conference? It was it was like an event in a, at Soldier Stadium, 70,000 men all together. They were, I don't know, they were making promises and keeping them or something. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> the point is... <laughs> what, 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 what would is, some call that, like, what, were the keepers of the promise? They were, they were trying to keep the promise. They were trying to keep the promise. Yeah. So sometimes they would be called, like, the promise keepers. Yeah, you could call it that. Okay, I gotcha. I don't know if there was actually any statistical evidence that there were promises kept. Gotcha, uh, gotcha. So, but... It was interesting because um, one of the evangelists said, um, I want you to stand if, or all sitting down, I want you to stand if you became a Christian, if you came to faith in Christ at a rally like this or a big event or through an, the work of an evangelist. And so a small percentage of the people stood up. Yeah. He said, okay, sit down. Now, if you came to faith in Christ through mom and dad, 
through a friend, uh, through an individual you had a relationship with standing yeah, up. Yeah, someone sharing the gospel with you. Everybody stood I mean, it was like 90% of the people stood That's up. pretty powerful. The guy keynoting at a conference says, yeah, maybe this conference is not uh, yeah. doing what we think it, it should Most of be. you get converted through these relationships. And so when we talk about those who are sent, you know, that's that's not just the, the, the missionaries and the vocational mm. preachers. Every one of us, this is why we believe in the, the missional mandate, right? That's we are right. all sent. Like Jesus says, just as I was sent by the Father, so now I am sending you. And so we carry forth the gospel with us in our everyday lives, whether we're moms and dads, whether we're brothers and sisters, whether we're students or professionals. I mean, just the way Joe loves to put it, like preach the gospel always and when necessary, use words, right, Okay, Joe? first of all, uh, <laughs> I didn't say that, okay? Nobody really said that. There ain't no gospel without words. I think that's Romans 10, right? There is no gospel without words. But um, I would so, you, so you've changed your view. No, I didn't change my view. I'm really glad no, you changed I, your I, view, I changed Joe. anybody's mind who holds that view because my <laughs> words are efficacious. Oh, goodness. Yeah, that's right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is, this is what we do as Christians. We share the word with people. That's right. And then God brings the elect to himself. And what I love about this is it's not just, oh, you're going to get saved, right? You're going to be, you're, you're, well, if you're elect, you're chosen, and then it doesn't matter what and you do. And then you're done. Yeah, no, no, no. no. It's, look at this. It oh, is, I love this part. Um, these who are elected, being fallen in Adam, are redeemed by Christ. Yes. They're effectually called unto faith in Christ by his spirit, working in due season. So we hear the gospel. We're not oh, going to this. believe unless we are regenerated by the Holy Spirit, effectually called. And in due season. That's a part. Right? It's a process. It, it, it takes time. It's not like, right. at least for, you know, some people, God is, is, they hear the gospel, bam. Right. Right. Praise God for that. They others, can, others have been. Have been, and that's know, over I think time. that's the norm. In fact, the Puritans believed in what people sometimes call preparationism, um, which as is, opposed to preparation age. Yeah, that's what you know. You know preparation age, obviously, because I see it fall out of your bag every Stop time you open it, it up. Dude, no, dude, what, what's, tubes, all kinds of tubes, fungus tubes, all kinds of tubes fall out of your bag. I don't know what you got Listen, going we, on. You and I have a friendship that that's right. You can't say things. Oh, that I are say it. You can't I say talk it. I just about don't what's in my bag because no, you nasty. can't look in my bag. I don't know what kind of you can look in my bag, but you can't tell people what's in my bag. Puritans believed that. Like you read um, Thomas Boston's The Art of Man Fishing, right? We'll link to that in the show mm. notes. So the, the Puritans generally believed that an individual, though they are regenerated in an instant, getting to that point takes time. Yeah. Like, so in other words, yeah. nobody comes to faith in Jesus in general in an instant. First, they're going to hear the gospel. They're going to deal with the law, the yeah. threatenings of the oh, law. They're going to go yes. through periods of despair or yep. conviction. It's yep. different for everybody. But generally, there's a period of time. Maybe it's a week. Maybe it's a month. Maybe, maybe it's a year. It's nine months for me before I came to faith in Christ. Yeah. I despaired for nine stinking months. Other people, it's years. Before you were born into new life, it took you nine months. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I definitely was not a preemie. I was late. You were late. So, but I was, it was all in due season. So I think you're absolutely right that, you know, we have to be patient in sharing the gospel. I shared the gospel with my dad for 19 years before he became a Christian. Wow, yeah. 19 years yep. of, like, and I wasn't always harassing him. He was always interested in like, hey, so what's going on at church? You know, hey, what, you know, uh, what, are, what are you teaching on? Or, and he would like go, a he, great father. Right. You know what I mean? Like father, a, like a super supportive, but yeah. not down with Jesus. And I would ask him, it's like, oh, say God, you, Jesus, what's his name? Jim. My dad's name is Jim. I called him God and then I called him Jesus, but his name is Jim. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm like, all right, dad. I mean, because you, I know you refer to me as your higher so, power. Sometimes Sometimes I do yeah. think of you that way. Yeah, yeah. You know, step step one. All right. So anyway, um, I, I said, "So, Dad, where are you? You've heard all this. Where are you?" And he'd be like, eh, "You know, I'm going to go watch the game." And he would get up and leave. He, he could talk about it until it related to himself because it made him uncomfortable. Mm. And then, in moments of honesty, he would say, "Like, well, yeah, I think there's a God, but I not I don't know about Jesus. I don't know about that." And then he's like, "Okay, Jesus is cool, but I don't know about all this other stuff." 
And then and you you do a horrible impression. Oh, that is father. what my dad sounds like. No, you, you don't do know my dad. That's exactly. No, yeah. you do a horrible yeah. Ask anybody impression. who knows my dad. Yeah, which I you know don't. your father. Yeah, you don't talk to him. Yeah, we do. Oh, really? Yeah. What's his middle name? FaceTime Audio. Oh no, sorry. We talk on FaceTime Audio. Yeah, yeah he, does, he doesn't do that. Yes, he does. No. Yes, he does. Yeah, what's Facebook. What, I mean, what's his Facebook number? What's his number? number? Oh yeah. No, Facebook. Mm-hmm. Facebook. Okay. So, anyways, um, uh, but my but comes to the point where like you know I'm I'm giving him these things to read, and finally he says one day we're in his car, we're at church pulling up because they were going to church with me every Sunday and my dad said you know what I I believe I actually believe I do mm. believe I was like wait 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 you believe and I, I went through the whole thing he's like yeah I, I believe I didn't believe and now I do so I gave him Tim Keller's book The Prodigal God okay and had him read that and he just loved it and um, and he just started growing from there At 19 years due season is different for everybody exactly right? exactly that, I, I love that 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 God is in control. So, like, I never despaired for my dad. I, I, you know, I was able to preach the gospel to my mom and you dad. You desired they would know, oh, so, and but I you prayed, didn't despair. I prayed every day, right? Desire not despair. That's really good because I was able to leave and go to seminary in another state and leave my mom and dad and not freak out because I really did believe. Listen, um, I'm praying for them to be saved. I don't know if they're elect or not, but I'm praying in faith that they are. I'm praying in faith that God's going to do his work, yeah. and he ultimately did. Praise God. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, it, for me, it gives me great peace about the whole oh, thing yeah. because I know that God is good and he's going to do what only he can do. I couldn't convert my mom. If I thought I could convert my mom and dad, I wouldn't leave. Oh no. You would, would try even harder. I would time try to sit there. Yeah. Time yeah, up. Man. Try to, like, Reservoir yeah. dog style. Time up, cut their ears off, whatever it takes, get them to confess Jesus. Such a great movie. We haven't watched Not that, that. we've seen that. That's oh, a hard no, no, yeah. I'm just saying. I've like, heard. I've heard that. I've heard yeah, things. Yeah. So <laughs> the, the, this doctrine, this, this. Oh, here, keep going though, Joe. Because I think you, we stopped at due season, but I think you, oh, were yeah, make, yeah. you were making a great point. Right. It keeps going, right? Yeah. So we're converted in due season. We are justified. These people are then adopted, right? Because in the ordo salutis, justification is the immediate thing that happens upon faith. Adoption is secondarily. And sanctified, right? We are set apart for God initially, and then we are progressively changed and kept by his oh. power through faith ah. unto salvation. Salvation being the very end. So... It is not just that a person is once saved, always saved. You can now become a pagan, live however you want. The person that God chooses is the one Christ dies for, is the one that the Holy Spirit regenerates, is the one who is kept by God in faith unto the very end. In other words, they persevere. That's right. They don't fall away. So now we can, we uh, can know, backslide. Gonna, we can backslide. Yeah, we're going to talk about this when we get to paragraph seven. So I'm going to save my question. Save assurance questions. I'm going to save that question. Save it. Save it. Save the date. Wait, why am I saving the date? That's just the same. But why? Because we're going to save no, it for I'm going to save thing. the question. Yeah. I know. So save the question for the date. We're going to talk about it here. I know. We? Well, yeah. no, 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 we're going to talk about it in paragraph seven. Yeah. Yeah. On a different date. Yeah. It's going to release on a different Monday. All right. Fair. Good point. There good point. Go. So this doctrine is um, beautiful. It's a happy doctrine. It's a heavy doctrine, but it's a happy doctrine. It, it should cause us to rejoice. It should give us a sense of confidence. And like Jimmy keeps hinting at, it, sh- it should give us a great sense of assurance. There's a lot of people that look at this doctrine and they say, you know what? How could you ever have assurance? How could you ever know if you are elect? And there's this peace. There is a way. There is a way. I want to talk about it now. Stop talking. Okay. Save it. Save the date. All right. Well, oh, go ahead. So, I don't know. I think, let's let's leave it at that. Let's I know. Just say, I want to jump into it now, though. Let's just say the, the doctrine of God's decree is a high doctrine. It's yes. a heavy doctrine. Yes. But if you don't see this as a happy doctrine, as something that gives you joy, then you are misunderstanding it. And we yeah. want to encourage you um, to, to go through these scripture passages, all the passages that are linked up in uh, this paragraph. At, you can read it all at the 1689confession.com. Mm, get on um, it. And, Bookmark and it. Go read that. Share that with everybody else because this is good, comforting truth. Mm. 
Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctor and Devotion. You can head on the website, DoctorDevotion.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast or hit up the store, JoeFoStore.com, and grab some gear. Fresh Pod every Monday and Thursday blog post on Wednesdays. Video content when available. Later. Later.